Hi everyone, my name is Beata Vilcek and this is Fashion Knowledge, a podcast educating, disrupting and shaping fashion futures. Fashion Knowledge is brought to you by Unfolding Strategies, a consultancy and education lab for digital, inclusive and sustainable fashion in Web3. Hi, welcome. Today, my guest is Mikaela John, uh, CEO and co-founder of Idoru, a digital identity platform known for a unique approach towards body representation and highly customizable representative uh, avatars. As a humanist technologist, educator, writer, Mika's works uses an intersectional lens to explore the relationship between technology and art. So yeah, super nice to have you here uh, with us today, Mika. Would you like to introduce yourself a little bit more? Absolutely. Thank you. Hi, everybody. I'm Mika. As mentioned, I'm the CEO and co-founder of Adoru, and we are building the a new creative OS, starting with avatars in virtual fashion. And I have a pretty wide path to where we where we are today. I started my career in the arts, spent a bit of time in digital marketing and experiential, went back to the arts, and then now focused on technology and enabling everyone to be their fullest self online. Amazing. Uh, I like the fuller self online and what does it mean? I thought that maybe we can start talking uh, about avatars because the reason why I invited you is that at Unfolding Strategies, we are working on a report about body and web free. Uh, and we very quickly discovered in our research that on one hand, we have all those amazing claims about inclusion and diversity and digital self in web free. But on the other hand, what is out there is actually very, very limited to put it nicely. So I would like to, I would like to start from that and also, uh, ask you about your first avatar making experience. I can go first and share mine. I, I went through a period of testing different platforms. I also had a, a friend, uh, design a digital me and a DAS 3D, which was very awkwardly sexual and extremely gendered experience, especially when it came to making bigger butts and bigger lips. Uh, but when I think about my avatar, like a bit deeper, I think about my MySpace page, because I don't know if you remember MySpace, but of course, yeah, I do. And I think that was like my first avatar because there was this level of customization. I could change my photo. I could add music. I could add random funny images that I thought were cool. That was a massive aubergine and a big hippo. This is what I had. The music factor was obviously super, super important. So. I don't think about my Facebook page in the same way I don't think about Instagram because they are so predefined in terms of architecture and UX and so mono. So yeah, I'm curious, what was your uh, first avatar experience? I love this question. I definitely remember MySpace. I loved MySpace. My first avatar though would be, I don't know if you remember Habo, Habo Hotel. It was like a precursor to Club Penguin, which I think is more... Uh, like just came just after sort of my use of those kinds of platforms it was this like tiny chat room you walked around as a little pixelated avatar and met other teenagers who were on the internet very early days and my avatar was this like tiny pixelated i think i had like a red shirt it was like a very anonymous black girl but like in a red shirt i just remember that and i really loved it because it was like the first time i could actually create myself digitally on the internet mm, and how was this experience and did it in any way led to you, you know, now creating Idoru? Of course. I think, you know, a lot of, and you mentioned this earlier, a lot of the products we've been offered to make avatars or digital representations of ourselves have usually had some 
fair constraint in terms of the customization level, in terms of actually having it look and feel like you. As I said, like for me, most avatar products, when I make a digital self, it's just a black girl with a shaved head. Like it's just a person. It doesn't look and feel like me. And so it's really important as we build a Doro to keep that centered, uh, to make it feel like a reflection of who you really are. So how do you make that feel, that element possible? Uh, maybe this is a moment when I can ask you about your R&D, so your research and development. How do you actually start developing, you know, to embrace that feel that you mentioned? Absolutely. And maybe I'll um, precursor that with a little bit more on how the functionality of Adora works, just sure. for listeners who might not be watching um, or looking at, at the app. So uh, the very first product that we just um, were in private public beta with right now with Adoro is a mobile app that lets you create a digital view. So you customize an avatar to look and feel like you, everything from really inclusive hairstyles, skin conditions, hyperpigmentation, eczema, freckles, uh, full body, body size inclusion. You then make your digital self, you customize it head to toe and values aligned brand, and then you create content with your friends. So the very first product we're, we're in beta with right now, you can, you know, drop yourself in the world if you're in a park, if you're in a street in New York City, or you can insert a photo in the background. So you could put yourself in a place you were three years ago. You could put yourself on top of a meme. It's really meant to be sort of this limitless way to, to experiment. And to your question around R&D and thinking about how do we actually create products that represent everybody is also by making sure you bring on a team and bring in a community that reflects a diverse audience. So we have a really lovely, highly engaged community of what we call like everyday creators, Gen Z hyper-creatives. These are people who just like love experimenting and playing. They give us feedback on the product, experiment with us, tell us what hairstyles they want, always asking for more hairstyles and more makeup, which we, we really love. And then of course, having a really diverse team that really cares deeply about creating a product that reflects the audience that we're building it for and make sure people see feel seen and recognized as they get to create their digital self so who so who's the audience then who who are those communities that you're that you're talking to and who should be on Edor experimenting with it and creating their avatars I love this question because I get to spend my, my day with them. Um, so our core super user is what we call as I said like an everyday creative they're a hyper creative who loves to experiment and play the uh, more traditionalized demographics of our audience are very wide ranging, but probably unsurprisingly, a lot of um, BIPOC, LGBTQA plus youth in the product who are experimenting and playing and really uh, in terms of location, wide ranging. So of course, you know, you have the usual New York, LA. Um, we have some Londoners. We have some folks in Australia who recently started using the app, which has been really fun to see. And I think that's something that we're really, really looking forward to as we continue to build is we know who that super user is, like the person who is going to adopt it the earliest, experiment, tell their friends about it. And we're really excited to see what does it look like to almost bring it, you know, maybe more mainstream, as it were, where people can experiment and play who wouldn't necessarily always have thought to use a product like Adoro. And I think there's a lot of opportunity there where, you know, someone's mom could play with Adoro and they could make something together and it becomes something a little a little different, but also fun in a new way. Hmm, cool. Uh, I like that, uh, you know, family kind of uh, entertainment element that you mentioned. Absolutely. Um, I want to, I want to uh, tap into one word that's in, in your bio. It says that, you know, uh, your work uses an intersectional lens. So you say that as a humanist technologist, educator, and writer, and I presume also as a CEO, uh, your work uses intersectional lens. So how does that work? Uh, 
and also as your platform is directed at fashion beauty brands, do you think they care and share the same perspective? Great question. So maybe before I answer it, we'll define at a high level intersectionality, which is a concept sure. created by Kimberly Crenshaw, who's a African-American lawyer, uh, theorist, activist, many things. Um, so it's this concept around the idea that we have different forms of oppression that we experience in our lives and that actually taking into account a holistic understanding of these, whether it's race, gender, uh, sexual orientation, class, a whole plethora of, of different sort of factors, taking that into account is really important to have an holistic lens when we think about how people experience the world. And so with that, um, I studied this very deeply in school and fairly obsessed with this concept around really taking into account the whole experience, the whole lens through which people understand the world. And so for us, as, as I'll say for me specifically, as I think about building Adoro as a company with my co-founder, he and I spent a lot of time thinking about how do we make sure that we're taking this into account, whether it's hiring investors that we want to bring into the organization, what brands we choose to, to partner with, which I'll speak to in a moment to your question, is really, really key to creating a better experience for everybody. If you build for one specific kind of person, obviously you're shutting out literally everybody else. Um, as well with Adoro, I think it's really, as you've said numerous times already, when you look at existing, a lot of other avatar platforms, they're very much like they'll do, we have a lot of skin tones, we have no body shape options, or we have two body shape options, but it's still gendered on a male and female binary. Um, rather than man, woman, non-binary, freedom of expression. In Adoru, for example, we never ask gender. You just choose undergarments while you're getting dressed, and then you make your avatar to look and feel like you. So I think there's a lot of conversation to be had here around what does that look like? How do we center the experiences of different folks in the product? Um, and also just in the, the larger content and community strategy that we're, that we're building out as an organization. To your second question around brands how do we think about this how do we have these conversations i think it's a really really fortunate time where more folks who have uh who bring an intersectional lens to their work whether it's in fashion cosmetics etc are leading a lot of these brands that we're getting to partner with and so it's very much at the core of how they operate as a business all of our partners right now actually so far are all BIPOC, LGBTQIA+, plus, or woman, and or woman-owned. And so, of course, that's going to expand. We need to flex and, and take into account all the different opportunities to, to play with fashion that we, we want to enable our users to have. But I think from day one, by being able to center that and make sure that's a part of our ethos in even how we bring on our first couple of brands really will help create a foundation for what it looks like in the future as we continue to expand that roster. Yeah, that's amazing to hear, especially when thinking that what you're working on is going towards... Uh whatever we address today is what free and metaverse. So uh, there's a lot of conversation about diversity, inclusion, accessibility. But on the other hand, we know that uh, whatever, wherever technology evolves, there's a much bigger div digital divide and the question of representation becomes more and more important. So uh, that's very exciting to hear that, that there are also brands that are uh, on board. But I want to ask you about the name. Because uh, <laughs> when uh, we had a chat before this uh, podcast recording, uh, I thought to myself that I know this I know this name from somewhere, and I and I thought, what what is it? Where does it come from? And then it hit me that it's one of those books that I never read, and this is and to me, it stands as one of William S. Gibson's book I never read, and William S. Gibson as a writer has this legacy of being very often quoted. Uh, 
especially for this, uh, this famous quote, the future is here, but not evenly distributed. So I'm curious if this dystopian novel uh, is the is the is the root of the name of your company, or it maybe come from somewhere else. And I was so curious what other books could have an impact on you, because just before, as I was doing research, I saw that you have a, a quite exciting list of books on your website. So yeah, tell tell me tell me more about that. Yeah, I mean, yes, we love Gibson and find his work incredibly inspiring. Um, the name, as much as it is a nod towards him, is more also actually to do with the origin of the word Idoru, which um, Idoru is an English word that was brought into Japan and repurposed, and the English word being idle. And in this way, you know, this is usually referred to, used to refer to pop stars, right? So there's like boy bands and pop groups in the West that we know where often their personalities of the members are almost like manufactured and, and created. They're a performance part of the the larger ethos of that that band. And for us, the performance of those identities and us being like the audience, the performance of those identities are not false, right? Like they're not fakes. We're seeing them. We embrace them as like, this is just who that persona is. And very similar to the way that all of us are on social media, where everything is heightened, whether it's our style being heightened, our communities being heightened, our moods being heightened, and we are in some ways performing self. And so for us, Adoro is self-expression at the in the purest form. Oh. So do you see, do you see when you do, uh, you said you do, like you get a lot of feedback from your community, mainly from Gen Z. Do you think there's a tendency towards being more like your real, real self and showing your acne and your pimples? Or we actually want to be, you know, as we saw with filters, uh, beautified, glamorized, and then, you know, we want our uh, screen image to be reflected in real life and we get a bit frustrated, which which kind of, uh, I know it's like a tension that probably pulls in both ways, but where do you see it going more with Idoru? Yeah, you named it there. There is a tension. I think at the core of what we're building, we want it be your Idoru avatar to be an extension of your identity. We want it to look and feel like you. So as I said, like hyperpigmentation, freckles, body shape, we want it to feel true to you. And also as a space to think about experimentation and play. So to your point, it's like I can have hyperpigmentation and a pink afro and you know glitter makeup like i think it's really about having fun with identity in a way sure. that isn't necessarily always possible say in the physical world and we've actually built out an entire impact pathway in the back end with an organization called hope lab uh, based on the, in the bay area where we have created this model to measure the long-term mental health effects for young people to really make sure that we're having this opportunity and a conversation about what does it look like to create a digital self that looks like your physical self and then what does it look like to sort of mess with that a little bit or have fun? I think for us, you know, traditionally, you know, early, early avatar products have been around either a very to your point, like glam, skinny cowdy model version of you, uh -huh. which we don't, we don't want people to make. Um, and it's about sort of like bringing that back because you look at how none people, but also, you know, no matter what sort of like generation you, if you want to put hard stop on it. Like everyone is becoming more raw on the internet. I think the platforms that people are using as social media platforms encourage that. And I think a lot of how we think we're building Adoro and getting feedback from the community is done to reflect that. Oh, cool. Um, so yeah, going deeper in this like, you know, space of self-expression, how do you see how do you see your project, your company, your app, your platform developing? What will it become in the future? What's the bigger picture? Yeah, I love this question. So Adora right now is about self-creation, right? It's literally uh -huh. about the avatar. 
our future, the future of Adoro is about self-expression. So this is around like interacting with friends, engaging with people you care about, and really this core idea of like, what is it like to have the people that matter the most be close to you at all times? When you can create a digital version of yourself and your friends can do the same, what is the dynamic of being able to communicate, to experiment, to play together in really fun and interesting ways? Yeah. And so, so how does then, so then how do, because I'm so interested in this element of, you know, brands and different companies coming into the picture, mm -hmm. how can they be a part of it and how they can nurture this more inclusive digital experience that's coming together? Yeah, we've been really fortunate for the brands that we've brought in so far have happened very organically. So it's a lot of brands uh, such as Flemings, who's an LA-based brand. They do Billie Eilish, Solange uh -huh. Knowles, Lil Nas X. They dress Lil Nas X on the cover of Time Magazine, actually. Um, brands like Baby Tress, which is an edges styler that just recently like blew up on the internet because North West, like Kim Kardashian's daughter, um, some of her daughters were like doing their edges together with the edge styler. So like a lot of brands that are like really driven, like very culture driving, but also just very interesting and fun. Um, and for us, in, in terms of working with brands, it's very hands-on and it's very, it's really meant to be creative and dynamic for them. So we have a really collaborative process of, you know, curating the pieces that they want to put into Adoro, pieces uh -huh. that we know will work really well with some of the other brands that we've brought on. It's about experimentation and play. So for example, there's a boot in the, in the Adoro app that's a Flemings boot that he, um, James Flemings, who's the creative director, James made a Samp one boot for himself and he never ended up making it in the physical world. And now you can actually access it in Adoro and wear this boot that just will never, potentially never oh. exist physically. And so it becomes this opportunity, you know, as you mentioned to R&D for brands to really see like, what does it look like if we do this, you know, set in other colorways we don't currently do or, or patterns we don't currently do? What does it look like to create something fantastical that we just would never manufacture in the physical world or perhaps want to see what the response is like. And I think there's a really fun opportunity here for brands to really understand one, how does this demographic of hyper creatives who are often the ones influencing the influencers, what does it look like to give them the tools to really play? The content that people make in Adoro, again, like lives on social media to begin with. So it also tells brands, what do people want to actually be sharing? So often when we look at these studies, I think McKinsey, maybe it was McKinsey, someone, one of the, the consultant agencies just put out a study recently around word of mouth is now officially like the top channel of learning about things that people want to are interested in, like advertising. Uh -huh. It's still up there, but it's not as high as word of mouth. And so Adoro create this opportunity where people can actually experiment, play, tell their friends about a brand they're interested in, learn about fashion that they may not even have heard about before because it's, you know, Dido Shop, which is a South Korean brand that isn't carried uh, in any stores in America. Really an opportunity for discovery as well. Cool. Amazing. Well, I'm looking forward to discovering those uh, those new brands and those new opportunities. Uh, if you were to, I don't know, give, uh, if you were to give uh, some like as a last thing, few tips to uh, digital creators and digital fashion designers, how how they can also, you know, be more inclusive in their approach and how they can do, do things differently. Uh, what would that be? Indeed. That's a great question. I think I have a couple of thoughts here and I think it comes, this might be a bigger conversation about metaverse with quotation marks for those who can't see, um, and Web3 is sort of as ideas, but also as, for some folks, budding movements in a way. This idea around decentralization, around freedom. What we're building with Adoro 
from day one has always been about democratizing access to fashion, to creativity, to self, to be able to play. And I think that as, you, as a lot of digital designers, artists are building in this space, very much art is meant to be about the person creating it. That's literally the intention behind it. And then to provoke feeling, hopefully from the viewer or the person interacting with it. I think when it comes, so I'm going to put art separate from this word uh-huh. of advice because I think it has a very different uh, purpose, which also, but I will say as a side note, we love, and there's a lot of really interesting ways we plan to work with some artists in our in our community and hopefully some folks listening as well. Um, but when it comes to digital design, when it comes to any sort of human experience that we are translating to a digital version or interaction with it, I think you know, probably not surprisingly, this concept of intersectionality is really key, where if we are not thinking about the person, the different types of people who are going to interact with that product and have, it's going to provoke a reaction in them. Do we want it to be a positive one or a negative one? The upside of doing the negative one, I suppose, or like the benefit of doing a negative one would be like speed, right? You can only have so many constraints across speed, time, or cost. So if you need to cut somewhere, people end up often cutting the parts that actually need the most the person experiencing it. If Adoro, fortunately, we are not have no crashes, like frequent crashes in the app because we have been testing. But like if Adoro was br- breaking all the time, but you could make yourself and make content, we would have won. Like we did the thing we aimed to do, which is give you a tool to make yourself and feel real. If you go into a product, though, and you only have, again, like my very first avatar experience, some black avatar to this day I can like kind of see it in my head it's really the shirt that I remember because that was the part I actually got to choose it said a lot for that experience of also how little it's changed in some Uh. in some ways on some platforms and the opportunity and freedom we could have to actually unlock that there yeah great uh I think it's a it's a great sum up uh maybe last thing you could share how people can uh experience either how how they can access that absolutely so we are all over the internet, idoru.world, I-D-O-R-U, uh, Instagram, TikTok. That's also our website. LinkedIn, I suppose. Um, <laughs> I think that's actually how we met, but, you know, LinkedIn is not is not officially cool. Um, so we can find us all over the internet. We are currently in public beta in the App Store. So if folks are on an iPhone, just go to the App Store. You can download right away. Um, we are going to be on Android probably end of this week. We're recording this in early February. So Android very shortly. So folks can um, sign up on our, or sign up at our email, sorry, the sign up form on our website, check off. I'm an Android user and we'll send an email as soon as the app is available on Android next week. And we love meeting new people. So welcome anyone who's listening to, to connect. We'd love to chat. Yeah, thank you so much. And I hope we will see uh, many exciting avatars coming out from Idoro. Thank you so much, Mika.